I love it. Man. Well, if, if, if you don't know that gentleman, uh, that's Bob Dylan before Bob Dylan was Bob Dylan. It's our own Bob Dylan. Man. So good. He'll be 85 in September. 85. And he can still, he's got capacity in his lungs to do that. Man, that's awesome. What are you doing? What are you doing? Man. Well, hey, uh, uh, it's good to be back with you. Um, it's good to be with you that are sitting here. Um, and those of you that will be listening online or are listening online at some point in the future. Um, Sandy, did all those slides get moved? Uh-oh. Yep, they're way up there. Well, I'll, I'll get there. I'll get there. I'll get there. I'll get there. Don't worry about it. Um, um, oh, where did he move them to? I think he moved them upstairs because they ain't there. I'll quit. Well, <laughs> it wouldn't be a day at Wapaknaz if we didn't have something go like this. That's great. Man, um, but it, it is really good to be back with you um, if, if you were just joining us today, um, Matthew was here last week um, bringing the word as my wife and I uh, were, were out um, in the mountains, and you'll hear a little bit about that um, coming up, but um, apparently not. We'll probably talk about that a little bit later, because um, I really want to, I did want to share, I'm really excited about this summer. Um, you know, summer is the time where people kind of peel off. Um, of the church, and they kind of do the vacation type of thing, but man, um, I, I, I pray that we're the anomaly. There you go, look at that, good deal. Um, I pray that we're the anomaly, I, anomaly. I hope that we're the, the anomaly, that we, we don't just peel off, that we, we, we come together and we attract. Um, so we've got some things that I'm really, really excited about for this summer. One is our annual family swim, which will be coming up here very soon. It's, it's on the 28th of, 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 of June um, from 7.15 to 9.15. This is for everybody. Um, whether you swim or not, um, whether you sink or, or, or you float, um, this is for everybody. This is for you. This is for your neighbor. Um, this is for your friends. This is for your kids. Um, hopefully it won't be like 55 degrees and blustery like it was two years ago. Um, but this will be at Wapakoneta Water Park. Um, this, this month, um, June 30th is Family Sunday, um, and if you think you've experienced a Family Sunday in our past, you, ha you haven't experienced this Family Sunday. Um, we, we've got some really, really key, cool, awesome things planned for this, this hour. Um, this is where, if you're new here, this is where everybody comes together. The kids are not upstairs, they're here. Babies are here, they're crying, they're running around, and it's awesome. Um, we like it. We love it. They even may go up on stage. It's fine. Um, that's who we are. We, we're about families. Um, I do uh, not have a slide for the next thing, but you have something in your bulletin that, um, that I'm really excited about is our, our, our VBA, our Vacation Bible Adventure. Man, that is coming up soon, and we really need you to be hands and feet to be a part of that. Uh, we are running our theme our theme is, is along with our community's theme because Neil Armstrong, this is the 50th anniversary. Um, so on June, July 7th through the 10th, um, we're having our VBA from, from 
uh, that, those evenings, I believe from 6 to, to 8, 8 o'clock, and we need you. Um, so if you're willing to be a part of that, we're going to have some kids um, right outside these doors waiting for your flyer um, that you have chosen to sign up on that. Um, and then that, that next Sunday, we're changing it up a little bit. We usually do VBA to Thursday, uh, but this year we're doing VBA to Wednesday, and then we're having Slime Sunday. It's a big day. It's a big day uh, because we're, we're going to get slime that day. Um, we're going to have the carnival outside, and then um, we're going to be a part of our community's parade. Um, we're going to be a part of that parade. Uh, we're still in need of a um, trailer that people can sit on um, and somebody to pull that trailer but we we do not want to miss out on this opportunity just to be a part of our community um, so we're going to go from from our VBA carnival right into the parade that day and celebrate with our community of uh, of our heritage and our history um, with that this I'm really excited about I'm really excited about August 25th um, last year uh, we were at the YMCA, and this year we are going to be at the YMCA. So if you show up here on Sunday, on the 25th, the doors are going to be locked because we are going over to the YMCA, and we are going to dunk many of you that have received Jesus Christ, who have gone through the eight-week Bible study, who have gone through the, the, the baptism study, um, those of you that want to publicly identify with Jesus Christ. We want to celebrate that day. You are going to be buried and alive that day. Um, and then we're going to go right into our, our, our Wapaknaz family picnic right after that. Um, and we're just going to, man, it's going to be a glorious feast. We Nazarenes like to eat, and it's going to be a feast prepared by you. Because <laughs> you're bringing the food, man. You're bringing the food. So um, this is just a great time that we're going to hang out together and just, just be us um, and everybody's invited not just you uh, everybody so if you got friends that want to come they're invited too they're glad to be a part of that um, but last but not least I keep saying I'm really excited about a lot of things because I am um, but I genuinely am looking forward to this uh, we're going to have a family Sunday on the front end of September. September has five Sundays, and you're wondering, why are you having family Sunday on the front end of September? You usually have it on the fifth Sunday. Because, and this is why, uh, we are going to have a series called Whole and Holy. Um, and it is going to be a series in which we are going to have mental health conversations with mental health professionals right up on this platform. We are going to breach some topics that our community needs to have discussion about, that we as believers in Jesus Christ need to talk about. Um, we need to talk about anxiety. We need to talk about grief and loss. We need to talk about suicide. We need to talk about depression. We need to talk about the fact that there is hope to heal. And we want to give you tools to heal provide you those opportunities, and we want you to walk out with resilient courage. And so I am thoroughly um, excited that we are going to have mental health professionals that are believers in Jesus Christ um, up on this platform engaging in conversation um, about these topics, how we're to approach them as believers in Jesus Christ, um, as Christians, 
um, as disciples and followers, um, folks, it's time to call the elephant out and have this conversation. And so, if you noticed, last year we had 167 people at this, or 173 people at this baptism service because our folks that got baptized invited, and so did you. We want you to invite people to this service and to our family Sunday service so they can hear this opportunity for this. We need to have this conversation. You need to have this conversation. And through this whole series, we want to provide you resources. Uh, resources to be able to step into. Um, it, it, is, it is no longer good enough to just let it slide by. Scripture teaches a lot of things. And it teaches us not only to be holy, but to be whole. And so, man, I am, I am excited about this summer and the beginning of this fall. And if you're not here, you need to be here. You need to be with the people of God that your presence is important. Your presence is important in all of this. So, uh, but until then, we continue on our series. Um, uh, some teasers right there, man. I, I'm looking forward to it. But we continue on our series uh, called Scent. And um, this series will run through the next week. But um, in this series... We've talked about the question is no longer whether or not we're sent, if we're sent, or if we're called to leverage our life. That's no longer the question. The question is how and where. But I answered the first question. Where? Your where, our where, is here. Where you are. That is where you are sent to. You are sent to where you go, whether it is at school or the office, the factory, the neighborhood, the library, wherever you go is where you are sent. So that leads us to the fact that the question is how. We want to answer those questions through this series because, quite frankly, everyone is called. If you have given your life over to Jesus Christ, if you have said, yes, I want you in my life. Yes, I want eternal salvation. Yes, I want my sins forgiven. And I'm going to step into that. And I'm giving you my life, Jesus. Guess what? You are now sent. You're a missionary. Everyone is called to be a missionary where they are. And so it is our job. And it has been our focus, not only in this series, but over this year, to equip you. And to unleash you. We want to see you move we don't want to see you sit you're called to be sent and so we want to do our best to equip you but i can just say if you know jesus christ that's really all you need you just need to start talking about your before and after story so we want to send all into our city into our region and into our community and last week Matthew deflated the excuses that we make to not do what God has called us to do, to not be what God has called us to be. Because if we 
fail to do that, we're setting limits on God, on what He can do in us. We are preventing ourselves to stepping into the better human being that He's created us to be, our best self. And when you step into scent, you discover who God has created you to be, whether you know what to do or not. That's the cool thing. That's the adventure. Jesus Christ does not call us to apathy. He does not call us to laziness, lethargy. He calls us to adventure. He calls us into risk. He calls us to step into things, man. And that's what we hope happens in you. And so, we're sent. And I continue this series. And I, I, I'd, I'd ask that you open up to the book of Joshua. Um, it's in the Old Testament. Um, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, then Joshua. So, if you have your Bible, you have your cell phone, you have your iPad... It's easier on the cell phone and the iPad, but you flip open to Joshua. It's the sixth book in there, chapter 1. That's going to be our pivot point for today. We're going to move a little left to the numbers, and we're going to move a little left to Deuteronomy, but this is our pivot point. Joshua, chapter 1, starting with verse 1, and we will read um, until I'm done reading, I guess. How about that? Uh, Joshua chapter 1, verse 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid. Moses, my servant is dead. I'm pretty sure Joshua knew that. But just in case he forgot. Moses, my servant is dead. Now then... You, now then you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land that I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the great sea on the west. That would be the Mediterranean Sea. No one will be able to stand against you. Notice it says no one will stand against you. It says no one will be able to. You will battle for the blessing. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I am with, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous. Be of strong heart. Because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. And do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then 
you will be prosperous and successful. And in case Joshua, and in case we didn't hear it, he repeats himself. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord, your God, will be with you wherever you go. Father, there's your word. And your word is life. And your word moves us. Calls us out. Today, may we step into what it is that you call us out to. Jesus, we love you, and we ask that the Holy Spirit speak. Not only may we ask that the Holy Spirit speak, may we do what you have spoken into our life, both individually and corporately. I love you, Jesus. May you be glorified in the next moments. Amen. Have you ever experienced... Have you ever been on the edge of an epic, colossal moment, a gigantic moment, that if you looked over your shoulder, you could see all the moments that have led up to this moment? Have you ever been on the edge of epic? Have you ever been on the edge where in this moment, you know that your future hangs in the balance? That whether you choose to do one thing or the other, whether you choose faith whether you choose to step into it, you know that if you choose faith and you choose to step into it, that your earthly life and your eternal life will change dramatically. It will become different. But if you, if you choose to step into fear, you will choose to step into regret. You will choose to step into less than you were supposed to be. You ever have one of those trans intersection kind of moments in your life Joshua and the people of Israel are in that moment folks I don't know if you know this but the future just doesn't happen now granted you are sitting in the midst of time can you hear the seconds click Time will happen whether you are moving or not. Tomorrow will be tomorrow. But that's not the future. It's beyond the present, and it's not the past. But I can tell you this, it's not future. Futures are created by you. You create the future. God himself is in time and outside of time at the same time. He's already there. But we have to get there. If you choose to create your future, you choose to step into who you've been created to be. But if you just let time, if you just let the future happen, you will end up in a place that you don't want to be. Andy Stanley said that if you pick up your feet in the river of culture, you will end up where you don't want to be at. And folks, in 2019, I feel like we are where we don't want to be. The same thing 
is for your future. If you just drift and you let life happen, you merely exist, you will end up where you don't want to be. But if you choose differently, if you choose to step into, if you choose to create, you will make the future happen. You will. Joshua and the people of Israel are in that, that on the edge of the epic, on the edge of the colossal. They're on the edge of stepping into the future. They're right there. And God said to Joshua, hey, Moses is dead. The baton has been passed to you. Now you get all the people ready. And notice how it says, now, now then, you and all the Israelites. I don't know if you can read that. It's a little blurry. It's not an eye test today. This is not sponsored by your ophthalmologist. Now then, you and all the Israelites, get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give them. I will give you every place where you set your foot. Folks, if you fail to create your future, if you fail to step into it, you are refusing what God has for you. This is not health and wealth gospel. This is truth. And on this moment, I wonder how Joshua felt. We need to kind of trace the steps for just a moment. Because this is the land that God had promised. We call it the promised, not promise, promised land. It was promised to Abraham, Father Abraham. God said to Abraham, get up, go. Leave your father, his household, leave your country and go. Go to where I'll show you. You, you will be the father of many, essentially. And that promise was passed on down to Isaac, his son. To Jacob, Isaac's son. And to Joseph and his kids. God will give you the land. But it seemed like, have you ever had that kind of moment where you're like, God, you promised this, but where are you? Where are you in this? The people, the Hebrew people had that moment. Because after Joseph, it seemed like the Israelite people were left. After Joseph, the Hebrew people were in slavery for hundreds of years. Where's the promise, God? Where are you, God? Am I the only one who's ever asked that question? Okay. God is a man of His Word. And God is a man of His promise. And so, as we read in Exodus chapter 3 and 4, God raised up Moses. Moses. God raised up Moses, and, and the story is 
God heard the cry of the Hebrew people, the Israelites, and brought Moses out from hanging out with sheep back to Egypt to confront Pharaoh and to be used by God to deliver his people. And God, through the ten plagues and through this miraculous parting of the sea, he delivered his people from slavery and captivity. God doesn't want you to be in captivity. God does not want you to be enslaved by whatever it may be. And so, we have this moment of Joshua and the Hebrew people, the Israelite people, standing on the edge. They're on the edge. They're on the edge of their future. But 40 years before that, 40 years, many of you can think about 40 years ago. 40 years before this moment in Joshua 1, the Hebrew people, the Israelite people, were on the edge. They were on the edge. They were on the edge of what God had for them to receive and to step into. And if you'd like to, you can turn there. It's not far, it's in numbers. You just take a left-hand turn from Joshua. A couple books. Numbers, chapter 13. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph. Slavery, captivity, raising up Moses. Deliverance of his people. And here we are, just mere weeks after the Red Sea. Mere months, I should say. After the Red Sea, we've come to this moment. Moses has sent out 12 spies. He said, hey, I want you to go to the land that God has promised us. And I want you to take a report of what you see. The trees, the walls, and the fruit. The soil. Is it good? The trees to harvest. Are the walls and the cities walled? Or are they unwalled? Bring back some of that good fruit. I want to really know if this is the land of milk and honey. And so for 40 days, 12 spies went north, from the south to the north, east and west, and spied out all the land that you read about in Joshua chapter 1. And you know what? You know who one of those spies was? Joshua. Joshua. And if you'd like to read in Numbers 13, chapter, or verse 30, another one of those partners was Caleb. And it says this, Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, We should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. But the men who had gone with him, the ten of the twelve, we can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. They said, the land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw were of great size. We saw the Nephilim there the descendants of Anak. We seem like grasshoppers in our, in our own eyes. 
and we look the same to them. You can flip the page to chapter 14, verse 6. Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of however you pronounce that, who were among those who had explored the land, tore their clothes and said to the entire Israelite assembly, the land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. Folks, Moses sent out 12, 12 came back. All 12 saw the same thing. All 12 saw the land, they saw the fruit, they saw the soil, they saw the trees, they saw the walled cities, they saw the unwalled cities, they saw the people. They experienced the same thing. Have you ever had an experience with somebody, the same experience, but you experienced something entirely different? You come back with a different opinion, but you both experienced the same thing. Joshua and Caleb experienced the same thing the other ten did, but the ten said, no, it's a no-go. We're not going to go. And they wanted to make sure everyone else knew it and spread the bad report. But Joshua and Caleb said, it's a must-go. It's a must-go. We've got to go. We've got to take the land. We've got to step into what God has for us. We're on the edge of it. We're on the edge of the blessing. But we're also on the edge of the battle. It's not going to be easy. Yeah, we're like grasshoppers. But with the Lord's help, we can take them. You ever been on the edge of Epic? You ever been on the edge of gigantic, colossal breakthroughs? On the edge of deliverance? On the edge of freedom? On the edge of, of, of breaking addictions? On the edge of breaking mental cycles, familial cycles? You've stepped right to the edge. And then you backed off. You've been on the edge of reconciliation with your spouse or with your teenager. And you step back. You're on the edge of breakthrough in your grief. And you step back. You're on the edge of financial freedom. You say, no. The Israelite people were on the edge. And despite Joshua and Caleb, and they're saying, we must go. We gotta go. This is ours to take. The Lord is with us. It was a no-go for the people of Israel. If you just let your future happen, you end up where you don't want to be. What ends up happening for these folks? God said, okay, go. Go for 40 years and wander the wilderness. If you don't have the faith to step into what I have for you, these 40 years, I'm going to teach you to step into it. I'm going to grow your faith. And 
all of you, all of you that have chosen not to step into and create your future, you're not even going to come into the land that I have promised for you. You're not going to see it. You're not going to touch it. Except two. Joshua and Caleb. Forty years later, Joshua is on the edge. He's on the edge. With a whole new band of Israelites. And none of those Israelites, none of them, not one of them, remember slavery. Not one of them remember the captivity that they were in, except for Joshua and Caleb. And you notice how the book of Joshua opens up. Hey, Joshua, my servant Moses is dead. If you flip to the very end of Deuteronomy, so take a right-hand turn here. Just the page right before Joshua 1. Deuteronomy 34. Not even Moses got to step into the future. 34, verse 1. Then Moses climbed Mount Nebo. He hiked it. From the plains of Moab to the top of Pisgah, across from Jericho, there the Lord showed him the whole land. From Gilead to Dan, all in Naphtali, the territory of Ephraim and Manasseh. All the land of Judah as far as the western sea, the Negev and the whole region from the valley of Jericho to the city of Palms as far as Zoar. Then the Lord said to him, This is the land I promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob when I said I will give it to your descendants. We were in uh, there. We were there. It was beautiful. Where's there? There is the Smokies. Like, there are a lot of places that you go to to find peace. For parents, it's probably the bathroom. (laughs) But when my eyes actually set on the Smoky Mountains, I have this moment where you just inhale and you exhale and you feel like, man, I belong here. Not that I don't belong here. And we hope that you belong here. But I belong here. This is, so in the picture, Gregory's bald is not bald. It's shrouded in cloud. Um, Klingman's dome. You can't see it. It's covered in cloud. But this, you want to know where this, these pictures are taken from? From the porch. From the porch. 
I mean, I told my wife, I said, we, we have to hike, like rigorous hikes, strenuous hikes. I have to catch my breath to get views like this. And all I had to do was walk out the door and sit down. It was wonderful. But it was really strange as I was sitting there one day after having some time with the Lord. I started thinking about Moses. It's weird. Because what you see in these pictures, like I said, you're seeing Gregory's Bald and you're seeing Klingman's Dome and um, Cade's Cove is just over the ridge of one of those. Then as I progress, you're starting to move south into the Carolina Smokies. And that little spot, I don't know if you can see it. I don't know if I have a pointer, but I'm not going to try because I probably will break something. In the distance, you can see water. That's Chilohui Lake down in North Carolina. I thought about Moses, and I thought about this moment in Deuteronomy 34. Moses, for 40 years, walked and he led his people and in a moment he chose to do something opposite of what God wanted him to do God told him speak to the rock and the rock will flow and you will have water to drink but Moses was ticked off with the people and he took his staff and he smacked the rock and because of that choice God said, you will not enter the land that I promised. Our choices with our kids, with our spouses, with our families, with our jobs, our choices have consequences, both positive and negative. And Moses, what he worked for, for almost 40 years, because it was right on the end of the journey, He wasn't able to accomplish. He wasn't able to step into. And I sat there and I looked at these mountains and I thought, man, this is glorious. This is huge. I wonder what he felt like. I wonder if he regretted the choice that he made. I wondered if he pondered that it wasn't about the destination anymore for him. It was all about the journey. It was all about the process. It was all about getting the people there. It was moving them, shaking them, keeping them from being where they are to move where they need to be. God showed them the whole land. He drank it up with his eyes. And then he died. He was done. He didn't get to step into it. You have a future to step into. For I know the plans I have for you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. But you have to step into it. You have to choose it. It will not fall in your lap. It won't. It will not fall into your lap. You can pray all you want, but if you don't step into what God is offering you, you will be Moses looking over the land 
and not stepping into what you were to step into. You're on the edge. And Moses was on the edge and he wasn't able to look into it. But Joshua, Joshua and Caleb. Caleb says that Caleb followed the Lord wholeheartedly. They had an opportunity. They were on the edge. They're right there. And I'd like for you to flip over to Joshua chapter 3. Joshua chapter 3. Future just doesn't happen. We make it happen. Joshua chapter 3. Early in the morning. Starting with verse 1. Early in the morning, all the Israelites set out from Shittim and went to the Jordan where they camped before crossing over. After three days, the officers went throughout the camp giving orders to the people. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the priests who are Levites, your lead followers carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. Move out and follow. Then you will know which way to go. Since you have never been this way before, keep the distance of about a thousand yards between you and the ark. Don't go near it. Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves. For tomorrow, the Lord will do amazing things among you. But they have to move out and follow. It's not just going to happen. Tomorrow will be tomorrow if you just let it happen. But you've got to step into the future. You're on the edge. Joshua said to the priest, take up the Ark of the Covenant, pass on ahead of the people. So they took it up and they went ahead. And And the Lord said to Joshua, today, today I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of all of Israel so that they may know that I am with you as I am with Moses. Tell the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant, when you reach the edge of the Jordan's waters, when you get to the edge, go and stand in the river. you got to go. You can't just stay on the edge, but you've got to go. Verse 14, so when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. Now, the Jordan is at flood stage, all during harvest. They're on the edge of epic. They're on the edge of colossal. They're on the edge of this moment that they have looked over their shoulder and every moment in their life has led up to this moment. You can choose the future or you can choose regret. Yet as soon as the priests who carried the ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a heap a great distance away. So the people crossed over opposite Jericho. The priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the middle of the Jordan. If you want to see God do amazing things in your world, you've got to get off the edge and you need to step into the future. You have to step into it. 
A movement of God happens with the people of God moving. God does not stay where He is. He's on the move, and so are His people. They should be. While all Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground, when you step in, when you move from the edge into the future, other people can now step in along with you and receive what God has got for you. So, I know it's a little late. The food won't burn. The food won't burn. Okay? You with me? You with me for the next five? Maybe ten? I'm learning. There was a switch that flipped in me in 40. A flip seemed to switch in my life at 40. I've learned you never ask a woman her age, right? You never ask that. You don't ask that question. But if they ask you to give an answer, you always shoot low. (laughs) Right? You always shoot low. You give a a very good, realistic, and believable estimate. But I didn't realize that was the same thing with men. I learned that just a few weeks ago. A guy that I typically see throughout my week, we were in conversation, cordial conversation. He says, you know what, I actually, I actually never really knew how old you are. How, how, how old are you? And in a moment to streak my, stroke my ego, I said, well, how old do you think I am? Because... We all like our ego strokes sometimes, right? And he's like, nah, 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 I don't want to offend you. I was like, dude, come on, offend me. I was offended you didn't want to offend me. It's like, take a shot. Come on, guy. He said, oh, it's 28. Not believable, right? Not believable at all. Um, not realistically. Realistic either. I said, dude, how old do you think I am? Probably in your lower 30s. I was like, there it is. Music to my ears, right? It's like, this is nice. For the first time this year, because he asked me, how old are you really? And for the first time, I actually had to utter the words, I will be 42 in August. Whew. 42. Maybe people don't realize that I'm that old because my behavior doesn't match my, <laughs> match my age, but 42. And since I turned 40, since I turned 40, Jesus' words have rung more true in my life than ever before. He said, as long as it is day, we must do the work of Him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. I have never come to that point where night is coming until I turn 40. Night is coming. Folks, and you're like, no, 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 you're still a kid. Somebody just told me this the other day. You're still a kid. I said, if you would read my skin in the mirror like I do every day, you would know I have an expiration date. (laughs) 
Look at my skin. I have an expiration date. When my knees ache, when my head throbs, when I get out of bed and it creaks, I know that my body has a shelf life. And ever since I turned 40, and it's become more and more clear, am I living my life in an extraordinary way so that people are inspired to live extraordinary lives? How much more effectiveness in my ministry do I have in my life? I feel like night is breathing down my neck. Is night breathing down your neck? Because I can tell you what is true for me is just as true for you. You have an expiration date. You have a shelf life. You do. Whether you're a teenager, you're a kid, or you're a senior adult, you have an expiration date. And your shelf life is running out. Night is coming. Because night is coming. Never been more aware that there is work to do. There's work to do. We, as this was presented to me this week, it's really nice. We're going to be salt, light, and yeast. Salt, light, and yeast. We, Wapak Naz, you, you people, all of us, we are sent. You have work to do. You do. To make a difference in other people's lives. To live an extraordinary life to its fullest so that other people are inspired to live that extraordinary life. To step into Jesus Christ. Step into the good news of God and the cross and the resurrection. And so, on the edge, we're sent. I'm going to show you a video here real quick. Mike, I don't know if you're ready back there. I think, uh, I think the video should be queued up. The sound should be on. I want to show you this video real quick. If it works. And if it doesn't work, it's fine. It's all right. It's not working. It's fine. It's all right. Maybe I'll show it to you next week. Several years ago, I was on the edge. I was on the edge and I was asking God, what's next? What do we do? What is next? And I had a sense that God was leading me into, you need to contact your community leaders. You need to have conversations with your community leaders. You need to just cold call, cold email. I don't know if that's a true, real thing, but it's an email that they don't even know who you are. And you just want to sit down and you want to have a conversation. It's on the edge. What's next? If we're to be salt, light, and yeast in our community, we need to be sent. We need to step into that. We need to step into. So I had to take a risk. I took a risk. I started cold calling community leaders and having conversations with community leaders. All the while, the video was supposed to show this really, really cool event that's been happening for the last almost 30 years. It's called Global Leadership Summit, where every leader, when the leader gets better, everybody gets better. And several years ago, I invited three of our leadership to that Global Leadership Summit. And we sat around this table, and somebody was called into ministry right there. This is an event in which you hear from people of all walks of life, philanthropy, economics, 
business, leadership, church, missions, you name it. They're just not Christians. And you drink from a fire hose about leadership for two days. And one of our very own received the call into ministry. And we sat around the table and I said, how do we leverage this? How do we leverage this event in order to build into our community, in order to be salt, light, and yeast in our community? I said, I've already got one person I want to invite. I know who I'm inviting. So we invited the superintendent of our schools next year. So we're going to put him at the table. I'm going to invite the rest of our leadership. And we're going to have two days. We're going to drink from the fire hose of leadership. We're trying to get better, right? So we sat and ate with our superintendent of our schools. He loved it. He loved it. So this is it right here. He went and bought 10 tickets for the rest of his administration. Unfortunately, they weren't able to do that because they got invited to something that they've been working on for years. So they had to step into that. So we decided who else we're going to invite. Last year, CEO of our Y, administrator of our chamber, and our leadership team, your board, your discipleship team, all sat down for two days feeding from the fire hose, salt, light, and yeast, having conversations around the table. Friday was a spectacular day. Why? Because there were others that were invited in to sit at the table to eat lunch and just have a conversation. One of them being our CEO and founder of Mercy Unlimited. We were all just having conversation about our community. About Wapakoneta, this town, 9,816 people. How can we make a difference in our community? What can we do? What do we do? So we walked out of that with four of us, four of you community leaders that meet once a month and pray about our community and talk about leadership so that we can get better, so our organizations can be, get better, so that our people can get better, and so our community can, can elevate. And out of that, Winans said, we're going to go ahead and we're going to talk to the schools and we're going to give two scholarships to students. Right? And with that, I said, who else can we invite? We need to have a community room. We need to have a community room where community people can come together and sit down. Mercy Unlimited is bringing five people this year. We are bringing many people from our board and our leadership, past and present, past and present. Our superintendent of schools is coming. CEO of our Y, administrator from, from the chamber. Talked to Dr. Steinecke. Said, your folks are coming in and, and we'd like for you to sit at the table. We've invited Harvest. We've invited Coffee and more. We've invited people to sit, who are, some of them are already going to GLS, to sit at a table and have conversation and pray. At this point, the room is reserved for 19 people. Salt, light, and yeast. It looks different because, you know what? We use our passion, our gifts, and our skills. Folks, we want to see people come to Christ. We want to elevate our community and do it with excellence. We've invited many other community leaders at the table. Not everybody is funded by us. 
but many of those are funded by us. Our leadership team, we want to build into them. We love them. We care for them. We are salt, light, and yeast in our community. We want to build into them so they can do that. Folks, our community, Wapakoneta, out of this GLS has sparked something that I want to lay at your feet right now because I don't even know what it looks like. We're on the edge. I don't know how to do it. I don't know what we're going to do with it, but it's going to happen. It's called Awaken Wapakoneta. Out of this has spurred this opportunity, this idea, that 30 days of fasting and praying for every name in Wapakoneta, 9,816 people. That's realistic, right? It can't just be a church. It's got to be all our churches. So right now, the conversation is being had with Mercy Unlimited, Josh Tisso from the Methodist Church, and a few other people that are being invited to the table to have this conversation to get this thing off the ground. I don't know what this looks like. This is not to grow Wapak Naz. This is not grow, to grow the Methodist Church. This is to grow the kingdom of God. And you are going to be a part of it. We are going to try to get every single individual who maybe have never been uttered before the throne of God before in their life, and we're going to pray for them. And we're going to fast for them for 30 days. And this is going to try to be a big C church type of thing. Again, on the edge. I don't know what this looks like, but guess what? i got to step into it, and so do we. I'm sharing with you something that has been on my heart and been laid in my life the last months. We want to see people come to Christ because of this. We want to see breakthroughs happen, but we need to step into that. We need to move from the edge into the future. Got some other things that I want to talk about, but you know what? I need to ask you. I need to ask you. How long are you going to stand on the edge? How long are you going to let your future happen? How long are you going to end up where you don't want to be? When are you going to step in to the future? Time is now. For you, it may look different than everybody else, and that's fine. But for someone in here, or for some of you in here, it may be giving your life to Jesus Christ for the first time in your entire life. That's the edge that you've been sitting on. And you've been playing the game. Step into what God has for you. So I'm going to ask that you stand. I'm going to ask that you just bow your head for just one moment. And if that's you, you've been playing the game. You've been standing on the edge. You've been looking out. You see what God has for you, and maybe you don't even, aren't able to see it all. But you're able to see a little bit. And you have just been on the edge. And you have not let Jesus into your life. You've not given your life over to him. This morning, I'm going to ask that you give your life. That's all I'm asking you to tell God. I give you my life. It's the beginning of the conversation. It's not the end of the conversation. It's just the beginning. But I give you my life. 
give it to you, God. That's you. I'm going to ask you to pray with me. God, I give you my life. In the name of Jesus Christ, I give you my life, Jesus. I want to step into what you have. I want to step into that future. I want to step into that adventure. I want to step into that risk. I want to step into the faith. Lord, I give you my life. Amen. All eyes. That's you. If you just prayed that prayer. You need to step out and say, yeah, I did. Raise your hand. Praise God. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Let's give God praise for that. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. Father, for those that have just stepped out and said, Jesus, I give you my life. Lord, it is yours now. And may they step into, whether they know what they're stepping into or not, because it's risky business stepping into life with Jesus Christ. But Lord, I ask that you open their heart to you and the word of God. And may they step into what it is that you have for them that relationship and that communion with them and the connection and the relationship with the body of Christ because in the body of Christ is our fullness. We receive it from you and through other people. God, may you launch them. Now they've given their life to you, launch them. May they go and share that. And Father, for the rest of us that, that, that are here today, you are, are speaking into them something so true and so needed in their life. And they can't do it themselves. They have to step in with you. Joshua didn't step into it alone. He stepped in it with you. The Lord, you were with him. And so today, as individuals and as a body of Jesus Christ, we want to move from the edge and get into the water. And watch you move and be a part of that movement. Jesus, we love you, and I thank you. Praise your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. If you have given your your life to the Lord the first time, or if you've rededicated your life, you've been gone a long time, we want to know about it. We want to journey with you. We love you. We want to journey with you. We want to grow with you. And we want to go with you. Will you please not leave without talking with us? And if anything, and you don't want to talk to me, I understand. I did wear deodorant today. But I understand. I'd like for you to write that down on that connection card so we can contact you because you cannot do this alone. May you love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. May you love your neighbor as yourself. We'll see you soon. Have a wonderful Father's Day.